2: <laughs> we to Welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, October 6, 2023. Today, months after leaving the White House, Donald Trump gave U.S. nuclear submarine capability intelligence to an Australian member of his Mar-a-Lago golf course. Senator Menendez's wife struck and killed a pedestrian in 2018. George Santos' former campaign treasurer has pled guilty to a federal conspiracy charge. Judge Engoron has issued an order prohibiting Trump and others from moving a dime without preauthorization. A federal court approves a new congressional map for Alabama with two majority black districts. Leonard Leo says he will not cooperate with the D.C. U.S. attorney's tax probe. The IRS has put a lien on Rudy Giuliani's New York apartment for half a million dollars in unpaid taxes. Tennessee 3 member Justin Jones is suing the House Speaker of Tennessee for violating his First Amendment rights. Trump has filed a motion to dismiss his January 6 federal charges, citing absolute presidential immunity. Mike Lindell's lawyers have dumped him because he owes them millions of dollars in unpaid legal fees. Trump has filed a motion to delay his espionage trial until after the election. Representative Jared Moskowitz has sent a letter to the Palm Beach County tax assessor over Trump's claims that Mar-a-Lago is worth over a billion dollars. Judge McAfee has denied Sidney Powell's motion to dismiss her charges in Fulton County. Trump has filed a motion to dismiss his charges in the Manhattan Hush Money case. Fannie Willis is seeking testimony from out-of-state witnesses, including Boris Epstein and Lynn Wood. The SEC is seeking to force Elon Musk to testify about shady stock trades ahead of his acquisition of Twitter. And Glenn Youngkin takes $2 million in donations from a TikTok investor. <gasps> I'm Allison Gill. Ooh, and I'm Dana Goldberg. That is a new record, my friend. That script started on Thursday and ended on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Saturday to everyone who celebrates. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, it is Friday. and That means we're going to be having a a Patreon happy hour tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. So if you're a patron of this show, uh, you can call into that and ask me questions. That's always a fun time. We do that every two weeks. Uh, If you're a patron, you also get these episodes ad-free And early. and If you want to sign up to do that, you just go to patreon.com slash Muller, she wrote. Thank you for supporting independent journalism. All right. It is a massive show today. So we're going to do our thing where we do some stuff and then do some other stuff and then do some stuff. Okay, let's do some stuff. Let's do some stuff. Let's do some uh, quick hits. And to make a long story short, too late. First up, months after leaving the White House, the former president allegedly discussed two pieces of information about U.S. submarines with an Australian member, of his Mar-a-Lago club, the supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry, and exactly how close they can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. Prosecutors and FBI agents have at least twice this year interviewed the Mar-a-Lago member. His name is Anthony Pratt. He runs a U.S.-based Pratt Industries business, one of the world's largest packaging companies. Of course, Andy and I will discuss that on this weekend's episode of The Jack Podcast.
3: Okay, and judicial activist Leonard Leo's not cooperating with an investigation by Washington, D.C. Attorney General Brian Schwab for potentially misusing nonprofit tax laws for personal enrichment. And this is according to his attorney. David Rifkin, Leo's attorney, said in a statement to Politico that Schwab has, and I quote, no legal authority to conduct any investigatory steps or take any enforcement measures because Leo's multi billion dollar aligned nonprofits which poured millions into campaigns for the nominations of conservative Supreme Court justices and advocating before them,
2: were organized outside D.C. Ah, so I think what he's saying is, were it inside D.C., he would definitely be breaking the law. 100%. All right, from ABC News breaking, uh, Nancy Marks, the former treasurer for embattled rep George Santos, pled guilty Thursday to a federal conspiracy charge. Marx allegedly filed the names of false donors to Santos's congressional campaign. They just made up donations to make him look like he could qualify. Federal prosecutors said she did it to inflate the amount of campaign donations Santos appeared to have amassed so that he could qualify for national party support. Now there could already be superseding indictments filed under seal against Santos based on her cooperation because there's a couple of docket entries missing. They could have, you know, falsifying records, lying to the FEC, a potential conspiracy to defraud the United States. We don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I'll keep an eye on it for you over on Cleanup on Isle 45. Thank you, A.G. and Tennessee Rep. Justin Jones, one of the so-called
3: Tennessee Three, who was expelled, remember that, from the chamber earlier this year, only to return after being voted back into office because that's where he belongs. Well, he is suing the House Speaker and administrative employees for the state House, who he argues have repeatedly prevented him from arguing during debate sessions and violated his First Amendment rights. Jones also argues that his uh, due process rights were violated by his expulsion from the state house over a gun control protest he and two other representatives took part in following a school shooting in Nashville.
2: He is also seeking to have his benefits and seniority in the chamber restored. Now I hope he wins. Also, the IRS has placed a lien on Rudy Giuliani's $4.5 million penthouse. <laughs> the one he's selling for $6.5 million, by the way. After accusing the fallen attorney of owing more than a half a million dollars in unpaid taxes, unpaid taxes, yet they're considering charging Hunter Biden for the same thing, even though Hunter actually paid his taxes back. I'm beginning to think they might not bring those tax charges after all. Yeah, we'll
3: see what happens. And Donald Trump has filed. Not surprising, a motion to dismiss the coup charges against him in D.C. citing absolute presidential immunity. Not going to happen, Donald. He claims that everything he's being charged with is part of his job as president, and he says that since the Senate acquitted him, he can't be charged criminally. And I know you and Andy are going to cover that on Jack
2: Podcast this weekend, which sounds like a comedy. Yes, show. we will. But this is had to be a motion that had to be defeated anyway. We knew he was going to file this, so we're. We'll, well, I'm pretty sure he'll lose, but we'll see what happens. This. Supreme Court could make that a problem, could delay the whole trial if they put a stay on that and for, you know, pending appeal. Uh, And Andy and I will talk about those possibilities. Also, Trump filed a motion to delay his espionage trial in Florida until at least November of 2024 after the election. Uh, This, I think, will be another test of where Judge Eileen Cannon's head is at, uh, where her loyalty lies. Something else Andy and I will cover this weekend. Uh, Trump also filed a motion to dismiss his Manhattan hush money charges, which I imagine will fail spectacularly. And Pete Strzok and I will talk about that on Cleanup. (laughs) Oh, he's a busy, busy boy.
3: Now, in a hearing today, Judge McAfee has denied Sidney Powell's motion to dismiss her charges in Fulton County, citing prosecutu- prosecutorial misconduct. I almost didn't get that one out. Her lawyers claim that the state hasn't handed over Brady material, and the state argued that they did. Now, the judge agreed with the state that all her arguments today about whether she was authorized to access voting machine data in Coffee County is something for the jury to decide.
2: That trial begins in just a few weeks, AJ. Yep, yep. October 23rd. And Brady material, by the way, as anything that the government has that could be exculpatory or good for Sidney powell and they're claiming that there's some sort of document giving her full authorization to steal shit and the state's like that that document doesn't exist uh we've given you everything we have judge engeron issued a sweeping order today in the new york attorney general trump organization civil fraud case saying trump jr eric weisselberg and jeff mcconney cannot move a penny between any of the Trump businesses and any of the entities or any of the 500 or so shell companies he owns or any third party with any interest in any of those companies without the court's approval. And none of them can open any new businesses without permission, like Trump Organization 3, for example. <laughs> for, <laughs> further, the parties have until October 26th to nominate a receiver who could liquidate all the assets pending the outcome of this trial, which is set to end by December 22nd. Merry Christmas. We'll cover this in detail on clean up on Out 45 as well.
3: All right. And the pillow man, Mike Mandel's lawyers in the Smart matter case, have filed to dump him as a client because he's four months behind on his bills and owes them
2: millions of dollars. Lindell told Bannon today he's oh, broke. Oh, bummer. Sorry about your lumpy pillows. Fannie Willis intends to call Boris Epstein and Lynn Wood and four other out-of-state witnesses in the October 23rd trial of Sidney Powell and Ken Cheesebro. Pete Strzok and I will talk about what information these witnesses have on Sidney and the cheese. On the next cleanup on aisle 45. It's good stuff. All right. And last in
3: these hits. Governor Glenn Youngkin accepted a $2 million political contribution this week from a donor with a multi-billion dollar stake in TikTok, a Chinese-owned app that the Republican governor, by the way, banned from state devices late last year amid his broader campaign against Chinese influence in Virginia. That campaign doesn't seem to be going very well.
2: Yeah, no. So it's not necessarily about taking money from TikTok or whether you like TikTok or not. It's that he hates TikTok and he said that it's awful and it needs to be banned on Virginia devices. Devices, but accepted a $2 million political contribution from them. Awesome. Sounds about right. All right. Uh, that is just the quick hits, y'all. We still have the hot notes to get to, but we have to take a quick break. So, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back.
0: After these messages, we'll be right back.
2: All right, everybody, it's time for the hot notes. Awesome. Hot notes. Baby. All right. First up from Austin Weinstein at Bloomberg, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the good old SEC, is seeking to force Elon Musk to testify as it investigates the billionaire's purchase of Twitter uh, and the shares that he purchased ahead of his takeover of the social media platform. Little market manipulation, they say. The Wall Street regulator said Thursday that Musk failed to appear to testify last month as requested, and asked a judge to force him to. The agency is reviewing Musk's statements and disclosures about the stock transactions. That's according to a filing by the agency in federal court in San Francisco. The SEC began its probe in April of last year and has requested thousands of documents from Musk and other parties. The billionaires already sent hundreds of documents, just hundreds, I guess, and testified twice in July of 2022, according to the filing, which described an ongoing non-public investigation. Musk agreed to do an interview with the SEC last month. That's according to the agency. But two days before the scheduled September 15th meeting, Musk raised several objections, including that San Francisco was not the appropriate venue. Investigators suggested new dates and agreed to move the interview to Fort Worth, Texas, near where Musk now lives. But he refused to meet there, too. That's according to the filing. That's like, why don't you give us a list of cities you'd be willing to (laughs) live?
3: You're willing to go.
2: (laughs) Now, before acquiring all of Twitter, Musk first purchased a 9.2 percent stake in the social media firm in March of 2022. He then disclosed the stake to the SEC in April. The agency's rules require most people who buy more than 5 percent of a public company to disclose within 10 days. And then guess what? He tanks the stock and probably gets rid of it. As Musk was ramping up his holdings of Twitter stock, the SEC sent a query to the billionaire in April of 2022 over how he disclosed his major state. The letter from the SEC's Mergers and Acquisitions Office was focused on the form that investors must file when they accumulate more than 5% of a company. That same year, the billionaire agreed to pay a $20 million fine, give up his chairmanship at the, at the carmaker Tesla, and clear future tweets about that firm with an internal monitor. You have to he was being babysat. You have to clear your tweets first. And that's after the SEC investigated his comments about planning to take the company private. The Wall Street regulator has also been probing Musk's role in shaping Tesla's self-driving car claims. SEC officials are weighing whether Musk may have inappropriately made forward looking statements. Uh, So whether he lied to beef up the stock value. Now, some of you may have heard a rumor that banks are thinking about repossessing Twitter from Musk for killing its value. But that is just speculation. There's no reporting that banks are actually considering that. I just wanted to put that out there. I'd be cool. I'd be down for that. But we might see indictments. Yep. We might see indictments before we see a repo. Uh, but uh, a repo would kind of be fun. That would be hilarious.
3: <laughs> All right. This is from Jonathan Deanst at NBC. Senator Bob Menendez's then girlfriend, who's now his wife, struck and killed a pedestrian in December of 2018. This is newly revealed police records. Four months after the incident, Nadine Arslanian and Menendez, who's that Democrat from New Jersey who's in a little bit of hot water, a lot of hot water, they were allegedly given a new Mercedes as a gift as part of what federal prosecutors have described as a bribery conspiracy to cash in on Menendez's power and influence. Police records indicate the fatal collision badly damaged Arslanian's Mercedes. The crash which was first reported Wednesday by the that's such a weird thing to say, because it badly fucking hurt the pedestrian. Right. I, I just think that's yeah. so weird about the damage on the Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It killed the pedestrian. I can't. I can't with journalism. Okay. The crash was first reported Wednesday by the record. Uh, it's called The Record. It's a newspaper of Bergen and the New York Times and happened on the night of December 12th, 2018 in New Jersey town of Bogota, I'm going to get shit for that. Is it Bogota? I I honestly don't know. Somebody from New Jersey help us out. Bogota? Bogota? Give me a, Bogota? Bogota. Oh, give me a correction. I'll take it. Now, Arslanian, who was not charged, told police she was driving on Main Street when a man later identified as Richard Coop jumped on my windshield. Mm. That's according to dashboard video obtained. This is from NBC New York. Now, police found that Arslanian was not at fault. And that Mr. Coop was jaywalking and did not cross the street in an intersection or in a marked crosswalk. There's no indication in police records that Arslanian was tested for drugs or alcohol. It said she was released to a friend after police interviewed her. Interesting. Now, the FBI said Arslanian started dating Menendez in February of 2018 and soon connected him with a New Jersey businessman who had ties to the Egyptian government, Hana. Now, Hana allegedly introduced the couple to another defendant in the bribery scheme, a businessman named Jose Uribe. Now, that January, just weeks after the fatal collision, Arslanian, Merlendez, Hana, and Uribe agreed that Menendez would reach out to a prosecutor to try and help an associate of Uribe's, and I quote, in exchange for a car. This is from the indictment. After she got the car, prosecutors said she texted Menendez a picture of it. Congratulations, mon amour de la vie. We are proud owners of a 2019 Mercedes, she wrote along with a heart emoji and it probably did not sound like that in the text. It was a very shitty, (laughs) very (laughs) shitty pronunciation of French. So it's so gross. Yeah, it is gross. There's so much here that
2: my, my little conspiracy mind just goes fucking nuts. I killed a guy and we sold access to the government, to the Egyptians for a brand new Mercedes. Heart emoji, kiss, kiss. Yep. Yep. And from CNN, a federal court on Thursday approved a new congressional map in Alabama that significantly boosts the black population of a second district and could represent a pickup opportunity for Democrats in next year's elections. I'm so happy and proud of fantastic. democracy docket Mark Elias for staying with this. And there are 45 other lawsuits that they're working on. The action by a three-judge panel, along with the outcomes of several other closely-watched redistricting cases around the country, could help determine which party controls the U.S. House of Representatives after 2024. Republicans currently have a narrow majority, as we know. The court's decision to pick a map that creates a district in a southeastern swath of Alabama that has a 48.7 percent Black voting-age population— Also concludes this phase of the big, long legal saga that saw the U.S. Supreme Court affirm a key part of the Voting Rights Act, a landmark civil rights law that's been gutted in 2013, as we know, by conservative justices. Back in June, in a case concerning an earlier map, a divided Supreme Court affirmed a lower court opinion ordering Alabama to include a second majority black district or something quite close to it, to its seven seat congressional map. Only one of the districts out of seven. Unbelievable. Now, the 5-4 opinion was penned by Chief Justice John Roberts, who drew the votes of fellow conservatives, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, as well as the court's three liberal justices. But when Alabama produced its new map in July, it came under immediate legal challenge because the state once again declined to create a second majority black district. State legislators instead simply increased the black percentage to roughly 40 percent in one of Alabama's white majority districts. And in court, state officials acknowledged they had not created a second black opportunity district. The same three-judge panel, which had overseen the case before it reached the Supreme Court the first time, wrote that it was disturbed by Alabama's actions in the case, and they invalidated the map. Now, in Thursday's order, the federal judges, two of whom were appointed by former President Donald Trump, said they were, quote, not aware of any other case in which a state legislature faced with a federal court order declaring that its electoral plan unlawfully dilutes minority votes and requiring a plan that provides an additional opportunity district, responded with a plan that the state concedes does not provide that district. Two Trump judges. We've never fucking seen this before. You're crazy. Here's your new map. In a statement, Alabama Secretary of State Wes Allen, a Republican, said that the state would comply with the court's preliminary injunction to administer the fast approaching 2024 elections in accordance with the map the federal court has forced upon Alabama. But Allen said the state would continue its legal fight against the map's use in future elections when judges conduct a full hearing on the underlying merits of the case. And I hope you fucking lose again, you racist piece of shit. Amen to that. Moving on. This is
3: from NBC. A Democratic House member is asking Palm Beach County, Florida, to tax Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago property at the rate the former president claims it is worth amid his ongoing civil (laughs) fraud trial in New York. This is kind of fucking brilliant. In a letter first provided to NBC News, Rep. Jared Moskowitz issued the request to Dorothy Jacks, who's Palm Beach County's property appraiser. Moskowitz noted New York Judge Arthur Engoron's ruling last week, saying that Trump repeatedly committed acts of fraud for years. Engoron ruled that Trump lied to banks and insurers by overvaluing, oh, and undervaluing, look at that, his assets while exaggerating his net worth to billions of dollars. Trump has raged against Engeron's ruling, insisting that his Florida resort is worth 50 to 100 times what prosecutors in New York's civil case have said, closer to $1.5 billion. Well, Moskowitz, first elected in 2022, is a moderate Democrat who represents a district in Florida that includes part of Palm Beach County. He's also a member of the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, and he seems (laughs) to want to hold Donald Trump accountable because that's his that's what yeah. he does. It's just Donald Trump's
2: like, it's worth at least a billion dollars. OK, cool. I'm going to write to your tax assessor and make sure that you pay taxes on that instead of the 18 million dollars you. <laughs> yep. So that's that's fun. And also Trump just got removed from the Forbes richest people's list again. Richest. <laughs> list. I Forbes, saw that. Trump. Our dear friend Mary Trump posted that with a big smile on her yep. face. Yeah, I am. I am 100 percent like sending all the love to Mary Trump these past few weeks. It's got to be. um it's got to feel good. It's
3: got to feel good. It does. I mean, I'm sure she's fucking exhausted. It's one of those people that tells over and over and over and over and over and over. No one listens. And all of a sudden they're like, she was right. And she's like, I fucking told you I was right.
2: (laughs) I literally warned you all in a goddamn book. Yep. Yep. I know that (laughs) feeling, but I'm not on that scale. So all the love to our friend, Mary. All right. We have to take another break, but we'll be back with the good news. If you have good news, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be back with it. Stick around. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? near good news good news and if you have any good news confessions corrections like we want to tell us how to pronounce bogota in new jersey <laughs> um thank you give us i don't know either um if you want to send us whoopee stories we got a really amazing one yesterday uh blankie stories stuffed animal stories that kind of thing shout out to a small business in your area or your small business a uh, shout out to a loved one your spouse a friend your parents your kids yourself If you want to tell us what you're doing that's amazing, send photos of your happy place or your pod pets. And if you don't have a pod pet, maybe send us an adoptable pet in your area. We would love to see and hear everything from y'all. I look forward to reading these every single day. It's like it's that spoonful of sugar and I absolutely love it. So send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from Len, pronounce he and him, pronunciation correction and fun fact. We get a two for Dana. Rep. Jake Auchincloss pronounces his name Auchincloss. Okay. Folks like me who have lived in the Newport, Rhode Island area are very familiar with this family name. The mother of former First Lady Jackie Kennedy Onassis was Janet Norton Lee Auchincloss. The family had property in Newport and then Hammersmith Farm, uh, a Hammersmith Farm Estate was referred to as the Summer White House. There are many Kennedys and Auchincloss who are related and Rep. Jake Auchincloss is a second or third cousin some number of times removed or something from Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Thank you, Len, for that deep dive. I got to stand with him. Seriously. I got to stand with him and 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 fight for Ukraine aid. He's absolutely an incredible representative, and I'm so, so glad that he represents you. I love that. Thank you. This one's for Matt Pronounce he and him.
3: I listened to the ten five pod today before work and was moved to type. Dads are the best, and mine was among them. Perfectly imperfect. I love that term so much, by the way. For a correction, the correct Indiana former congressman's buyer, last name is pronounced Booyer. Oh, corrupt Indiana former congressman Booyer, not buyer. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. I have the great good misfortune to live in Mike Pence's hometown, Columbus, Indiana, and Democrats are getting a toehold finally in local politics. I love my town in spite of all the red everywhere. Uh, I work at our local satellite of Indiana University, and our university library is out in front of the banned books always, and I give them a shout-out for that. Podpet tax Ada and Sophie named after women who math because I rescued them as barn cats from my math instructor friend, who is also a woman who maths. Ada is good for a selfie, and Sophie is perched on my humidor, so I won't smoke cigars. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for keeping me sane. It's a full-time job. Look at the kitty on the humidor
2: no oh they're so pretty those are oh she looks so soft i want to give her scritches thank you for that that's uh yeah booyer okay so we got let's see we got Auchincloss and booyer all right i'm gonna get these i'm right. gonna get them all right next up brian pronouns he and him you had good news about a kidney transplant today and i just wanted to share my miraculous story oh this is gonna be good Before the pandemic started, we knew that we needed to start looking at my wife's kidney health. We'd gotten some alarming test results and got an appointment set up. Unfortunately, the pandemic pushed everything back. That October, she ended up in the ER when her blood pressure spiked, and they ended up admitting her to do a bunch of tests. The news came back that her kidney function was very low and she needed a transplant. We knew that we had the same blood type, so I got tested to see if I was a match. Turned out that I was a match. The next April, just as her kidney function had gotten low enough that she'd need to start dialysis, they did a transplant surgery. Uh, The time since has still been a bit of an adventure of new meds and different health challenges, but her, our kidney is doing great and functioning wonderfully. After having grown up with a mother with chronic illness, the chance to be able to fix mostly my wife's illness has been such a blessing. How incredible, like the two of you couldn't be closer. I agree. I agree.
3: I agree. I mean, the bond, I'm sure your bond was already incredibly strong, but I don't know. There's something very special about that. I'm so sorry she's been sick, but I am so glad you were able to help, Brian. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. This is from Ted, pronouncing him. Beans, Queens. Shout out to myself. I arrived in Florida last year to be a professor of biochemistry at Larkin University. The university tries to help minorities improve access to medical, dental, etc. schools. Now, just got my green card. Whoop, whoop. Now heading towards citizenship in order to v bo uh-huh. vote blue over Q, <laughs> and now baby pics. I love that v v All right, baby pics. Pet tax. Siberian cat. Keep up the excellent leguminous work. Look at oh, what a
2: gorgeous oh, child. Look at the baby pictures. Oh, the sleeping one. Look at the, baby. the sleeping one. Made you die, didn't <laughs> it? Oh, look at that's like a piece. That I want to know. Like that, oh that baby sleeping in repose. That piece right there. The piece that that baby is feeling. Yeah. I, I long for that. That's my goal in life. What a sweet, sweet oh, little angel. Thank you for those. Those made my day. Uh, oh, thank you. All right. Next up from JJ pronoun She and her. Hello beanies. Firstly, thanks for changing the social media posts you make for episodes for Daily Beans. And Jack, you recently switched from all caps blurbs. To sentence case, and it has made it so much better for me to read the images. This small change will help many non-native English speakers and those with reading cognition problems quicker and better understand your image posts. Awesome. On a related note, Dana said the other week that she thought she was maybe dyslexic because she was having issues pronouncing words and making errors while recording. Yes, those are potential signs of a specific reading disorder and could be dyslexia. Also, the American English language, with its over 800 exceptions, plus the adoptions of words and place names for other languages, creates an unnecessary hot mess. Stew. I agree. Dana, if you are dyslexic or fall under another neurodivergent ND group, know that you are welcome to the ND club and beloved, 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 just the way you are. I myself... Thank you. I myself am dyslexic as fuck with some ADHD spice in the mix, too. For listeners, October is Dyslexia and ADHD Awareness Month and Disability Employment Month, so I suggest everyone take about five minutes to learn about dyslexia, ADHD, or or Disability Employment Month. I want to share some good news from Manitoba. Manitoba. Okay, I got it. Yes, we are pronouncing the I as an A, Manitoba. because uh, it makes sense somehow. We have a new premier. <laughs> Pre-prem Premier. Premier? Okay, premier. From our province, Mr. Wob Canoe. Can you rhymes with canoe? Canoe, I got it. Rob <laughs> Got it. Cool. Uh, The first indigenous person to lead our province in over 145 years and the first nation person to be a premier of a province in Canada. This New York Times article can help explain indigenous language terms used in Canada and the historic nature of his election. And we'll put a link in the show notes. With this election, we have turned the tide from the growing far right MAGA influence in the province and now are being led by the Social Democratic Party called the NDP. So vote blue or orange up here and take everyone with you <laughs> to don't vote orange down here please <laughs> yes, Right. <laughs> <laughs> and take everyone with you to advanced polls pod pet tax is a lily she was rescued from a california puppy mill by my mother-in-law who adopted her because lily is also her name unfortunately lily the dog passed a few years ago Aww. but here's a snap of her sitting beside me on the couch look at the look at the sweet little chihuahua oh so lovely (gasps) Mm. love that so much I have a very good friend who does nothing but adopt elderly chihuahuas and care for them until the end of life and it's just the most incredible thing I think people can do these little chihuahuas are so precious
3: and senior dogs need a home too and they need some love in their last days so I think it takes a very special person to adopt a senior dog but they are out there And this one's from Michelle, pronounced she and her, hail to the beans queens and the I finally snapped a photo I've been meaning to submit to the good news for ages. I drive past this church almost every day as part of my commute, and while no longer a religious person myself, I appreciate that they always are sharing uplifting messages of inclusivity. This morning, I was stopped at a red light, and I realized I was in the perfect position to finally capture the church. And it's signage. My favorite message of theirs from a few months ago was, and I quote, don't judge a disability by its visibility. Thank you. I know. It's nice being reminded that there are communities of believers who are also allies and spread messages of love and not hate. Thank you for all you do. Perry Highway Lutheran Church. Yep. Embrace diversity. Save lives, prevent LGBTQ plus suicide. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for snapping this and sharing and this.
2: Pride flag there, the full pride flag. Just beautiful. Absolutely. Love it when churches do that. Hell yeah. I well, I shouldn't probably say hell yeah. Um heck yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, AG. Ha <laughs> <Stop. laughs> ha. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's this secularist to do? But I, I appreciate this so much. This is beautiful and wonderful, and the inclusivity is so meaningful to especially to young people, you know? Uh, it's just so important. All right, next up from Pigeon, he, him, they, them. Hello, lovely Leguma ladies. I've been listening since the kitchen table days. Woohoo! I want to give you a twofer shout out today, if possible. Of course, Pigeon. First to my lovely, amazing, incredible spouse. He's Sis Het and thought he was marrying a woman. To be fair, I thought that too. Three children later, I realized in my late 30s that I'm transmasculine genderqueer. Without any prompting, he came to me one day and told me he'd been thinking long and hard and wanted nothing more than for me to be happy. He said he'd fully support any gender-affirming changes I wanted to make, including taking testosterone and getting surgery. I've been on T now for seven years and had top surgery five years ago. Despite him still being straight as possible, he insists that he married me, and that I haven't changed, even though my beard is now longer than his. He's been my biggest cheerleader and my steadiest rock. He knows who he is, he knows who we are, and he doesn't care at all what anyone else sees when they see us together. I'm getting a little choked up I love this story. Second, that very same spouse. He worked on his own science fiction tabletop role-playing game with a completely new D10-based dice system for 30 years. He never gave up, always striving toward publishing it as a book, He paid for the artwork for that book out of his own pocket whenever he had the money. He learned how to do the formatting for the mock-up, submitted it for publication. I couldn't be more proud of him for realizing the literal lifelong dream. If you want to check out the fruits of his love and labor, 30 years of love and labor, please go to StellarChaos.com. Cool name. It also happens to be a really fun universe to play in, so I'd recommend it even if I didn't know the author. It's called StellarChaos.com. Attached is my pod pet tax. We haven't had the doggy boys tested, but we're pretty sure we know their breed. The brindle on the left is Lorenzo and the tan boy is Khan. The kitties are Kubla and the tuxie is Polo, Genghis, and Marco, all black. Sadly, Marco has passed, but we've uh, added another black kitty to the family named Salem. Good name. Thanks so much for keeping us all laughing and sane throughout the past several years. <laughs> Look at this brood of gatos. And a little pibbies. So many. Oh, that's a beefy one there on the right. I What's know. the one on the right again? It's, it's a beefy Con, he's beefy. The uh, beefy boy Con is. We are not fat shaming dogs. He's just very plump. No, yeah, no, beefy. He's just, you know, he's swole. He's swole. <laughs> Dude, that dog is swole. <laughs> Do you live, bro? <laughs> so adorable Thank you everyone. Never skip legs day Never skip leg day uh, Con maybe skipped leg day or two Looks like <laughs> uh, So adorable Sleeping babies Pod pet pics All the kitty cats Corrections Thank you I now know how to pronounce Auchincloss And um, Booyer Up in Indiana Appreciate all of this And I hope everybody has an amazing weekend You know we'll be here on Sunday With Jack Podcast Pete and I already recorded the bonus for cleanup on all 45 patrons of this program tonight, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern is our happy hour. Ask me anything on Zoom. That's uh, a cocktail mocktail hour. So bring your drinks. And uh, that's it. That's all I have for the week. Do you have any final thoughts? No. No final thoughts for this weekend. I just want to thank everybody in the Vote Vets organization and all the senators and congressmen that helped us at Vote Vets to fight for funding for Ukraine. I know President Biden has received word and uh, about our concerns, and he's going to be uh, speaking on it soon. I'll bring that to you, and uh, all of that, uh, you know, I did for democracy and my dad who would have turned 80 this week. So thank you everybody for, for supporting me to go out and get that done. And I will continue that work. I also got to meet Anarchy Princess, the girl who was blowing the whistle out front with Pete. Oh, nice. Oh my God. I love (laughs) that. That's hysterical. (laughs) She's a riot too. She's absolutely great. I hope she really did file
3: charges against that dickhead that put a flagpole between her legs. I don't know if you guys, do you remember?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, I failed to ask her I will ask her but um, she's awesome and just everybody the whole Vote Vets organization the White House everybody on the digital team I just want I just have so many people to thank um, and I just appreciate it so much including all of our listeners who helped make this stuff and these trips possible so thank you thank you thank you we will be back in your ears Monday morning until then please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet take care of your mental health vote blue over Q and take everyone you know with you I've been A.G.